Welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, you know, most of the time I use the song for in between the stories, and uh, sometimes I have trouble getting the music. Some of the, the sites on the internet I used to use, like garageband.com, they've gone away. So sometimes the music is troublesome for me. And this time, I had this great idea. I was going on a two-day layover in London, and I decided to take my recorder with me as I was wandering around the city and record the sounds of London, as it were. So that'll be the music for this episode in between the stories. I, I, you know, of course, recorded Big Ben and some of the sounds from the subway, which is called the tube, the underground there. And there was this great street performer in the subway, and I recorded some of his music. And then one of the things I love about traveling. I I just love what you happen upon. I was just wandering around and after I'd gone to Big Ben, I was sort of on my way to walk the long way all the way across London back to my hotel. And uh, I I saw St. James Park. So I thought, oh, I'll walk through the park. You know, I'm looking at the ducks and things. And then I hear music and I wander towards that. And there's this full orchestra playing free music in the park, a bunch of Londoners just lounging around listening to the music. So I recorded some of that. And, uh, you know, at the end of every episode, I do the cheesy. I hope you join me again next time so we can travel the world together. And in this episode, I was hoping by recording the sounds of London, it would be like you would feel like you were on my today London layover with me. So let's get on with the stories. So I am now flying out of a base where we have a lot of international destinations. And something I'm finding really fascinating is what flight attendants do and buy in all these different countries. Um, you, you could imagine the normal things like, you, you know, you would expect people to buy wine in France and olive oil in Italy, right? That's all normal. It's not surprising. You, you could guess those things, but believe me, you could not guess some of the things that flight attendants haul back <laughs> on these international destinations. I was going to Madrid, Spain, never been there before. And on the way over, the flight attendant was telling me, oh, you know, I know you're new to the base and I should probably give you a little tip. Don't start giving away gifts um, from other countries because you'll create a big problem for yourself because then people will ask you to get certain things for them. She goes, you wouldn't believe what I got to buy on this layover to Madrid. And I'm like, what? She's like, tuna. I got to buy 36 cans of tuna. I'm like, you have to what? <laughs> like, <laughs> tuna? She's like, yeah, the tuna there is just delicious. So much better than you get in the United States. She goes, but I made a mistake. I gave it to neighbors. I gave it to my uh, trainer. And now everybody's if I, they say, if you're going to Spain, can you get me, you know, six cans of that tuna? Can you get me some of that tuna? She's like, so I have to, she's going to have in her suitcase, a rollerboard suitcase, 36 cans of tuna. So, of course, you know, when in Rome, I had to buy some tuna, especially after that endorsement. And you know what? It is pretty darn good. The next station is... 
Victoria. Change for the Victoria Line, National Rail Services and Victoria Coach Station. Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. Yeah, so we're on our way to London, okay. England. And you were just telling me that you're going to go on a quest on this yes. layover. What are you going to do on this layover? Well, actually, when I pick up London Heathrow trip, I picked up for one reason, to buy my donor kebab sandwich. For a sandwich? Yes. And now, is this sandwich readily available in London? Well, I mean, there's plenty of it in London, but like the one I really like, like the best place in London, takes about an hour and 20 minutes to get there. So each way? Each way, yes. And 15 minutes to get your sandwich. <laughs> For a sandwich. Okay, yes. so now, what kind of a journey? Are you taking... Well, well you take the, the train, the tubes, okay. uh, you change... You change trains? Yes, you change trains. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you got the... I mean, well, with the weekend, good luck, because most trains are not working in London on the weekend. So you have to do a lot of maneuvering and uh, cre creativity to get there. So is it but just two trains? No, no, two trains, then a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Before, I used to take three trains, but the third train takes a long time to, to ride, like every 30 minutes. So my journey before was almost two hours to get there. But now I... That would have been like four hours for a kebab. A round trip. <laughs> for one sandwich, yes. It's like a kebab quest. A kebab quest with a passion. And it must be just a fabulous sandwich. It is fabulous sandwich. First of all, like really clean, really, really tasty, very nice. Plus, you see how many people just waiting there for their order. You can tell how great the sandwich is. It's funny though, all that time for a kebab. No, not just kebab, uh, a Coca-Cola as well. <laughs> <laughs> the next station is Park. So I'm talking about all the strange things in different cities and how everything's different everywhere you go. And I know passengers are always complaining about the security procedures, but sometimes, strangely enough, I know you're going to find it odd but the security procedures are sometimes worse for the crew members. <laughs> I, this is really weird. I was going to Lima, and they have this strange policy there that flight attendants cannot bring electronics into their country. If we bring in a computer, an iPad, a iPod, um, certainly a microphone and a digital recorder, they take it. They don't give it back. They take it. They confiscate it. Can you imagine someone taking your $1,000 computer? I mean, it's such a violation. It's crazy. Apparently, some flight attendant for a different airline years ago, they found computer chips in his bag, and they thought they were going to sell it. So now they think we're all sort of like criminals, and they don't won't let us bring any electronics in unless we can have it on our person. So most of us, you know, you don't want to go leave your cell phone at home, certainly not like driving to the airport and everything. So you can put your cell phone in a pocket or I had to put it in my bra because my dress doesn't have a pocket. <laughs> so weird. And um, <laughs> one flight attendant was trying to stuff her iPad in her pantyhose. <laughs> I mean, this, I know you guys are always complaining about security, but this is really weird. And then this next story, I was going, 
I wish I had had my recorder, but I couldn't bring a recorder. And then the next trip, you know, I always just keep it in my bag, but I had to take it out because I didn't want it confiscated in Lima. So then my next trip, I forgot to put my stupid recorder back in my bag. And here, this flight attendant had this good story, and I didn't have my recorder. So I'll just tell you to you myself. He said, he was talking, we were talking about the L-1011 and how there were so many great stories on that plane. And he said, oh, yeah, I was talking to this flight attendant. And she had to do an emergency evacuation on the L-1011. And thank goodness most of us don't have to do an evacuation where you actually go down the slides and everything. But they did. They had to do the evacuation. And she was, you know, she got everybody out like she was supposed to, did all her screaming and shouting. People went down the slide. And now now it was her turn to go down the slide. She's in her uniform dress. And she realized that that day she did not wear underwear. And here are the firemen. You know, those slides, is L-1011, it's a big, wide-body aircraft, you know. It's a really steep slide. <laughs> the firemen are all down at the bottom looking up her skirt, and they're like, come on down. <laughs> come on down the slide. She's like, get up all days to not wear underwear. <laughs> the firemen all get a show. The next station is Westminster. Change for the Jubilee Line. Exit for Westminster Abbey. The Houses of Parliament and Riverboat services from Westminster Pier. Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. So it is interesting what people buy and what they do and all the different security procedures, but this, that trip to Lima was especially interesting because flight attendants go down there, and probably regular people too, I don't know, but they go down there for beauty treatments um, because the exchange rate's so much better they get Botox and Restylane and facelifts and butt lifts and facial peels and I found it also interesting because there was a girl on the trip she looked probably 15 years younger than she was and I didn't even believe her when she told me how old she was because she really looked a lot younger and she's like yeah I, I do these trips a lot so I had Botox and Restylane and these peels. And she said, the funny thing is my husband is always making fun of women with Botox saying, look at that woman. She can't even move her face. Isn't that just terrible? And this flight attendant's like, yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> he has no idea that she's been doing all that stuff on her layovers in Lima. And then she was telling me all these things that people have done there. I don't know, I'd be nervous getting stuff done in a, another country. But apparently, because it's such a good price, she was telling me that this black uh, flight attendant who was flying purser in charge um, was really in shape. And she had a really hard tushy, but it was kind of had moved down, you know, with age. So she was going to get this butt lift in Lima on her layover where they put some sort of, this all sounds crazy to me, but some sort of strings in there under the, I don't know, under what, somewhere in there to lift the butt up. And it's, it's similar to the um, lifestyle lift that they do or Russian threads, they call it down there. She was telling me, I hadn't heard of any of this. Very educational. She said, so this black purser got a butt lift on her layover in Lima and the doctor told her, well, you can't sit for 24 hours. Well, she has to work back <laughs> to the States. So she was sitting in her jump seat. Well, not sitting. Her jump seat, the purser faces the passengers and she's got her hand on the chair. She's strapped in with the shoulder straps, lifting herself up like an exercise because she can't sit down <laughs> for 24 hours. Oh, it's so crazy the things people do, but this girl said her butt looked fantastic. Next 
And then she said this other guy flight attendant got that lifestyle lift, the Russian threads where they put, it's the same kind of thing, where they put strings. It's odd. Some sort of strings to lift your face up. And the doctor told him, well, you know, you shouldn't fly, you know, for, and he's working the trip. He doesn't have any choice. He can't, you know, call the airline and say, I can't come to work because I just had a, you know, facelift on the layover. And they told me I can't fly. So he thought, oh, it'll be fine. I'll just fly back. And something about the the pressurization of the airplane and the some of the threads gave way and they only gave way on half of his face and she said he looked like you know the elephant man because half of his face was pulled back and the other half was sagging forward so he had to when he got to the states he had to turn around and fly right back down there to get those other threads put back together oh my gosh the things people do on layovers Wait, hold on. So there's another layover where you go for specifically for a food item? Yes, correct. Where? Uh, Brussels. And what do you get there? Mussels? No, not mussels. I do the French fries or the Belgian fries. What's different about them? Oh, you never had them before? They are the best on the planet. They are like really, really melting on the inside and crunchy on the outside. Unbelievable. Are there any toppings or anything, or is just well? You could you could have it plain, but I like to have the spicy uh, mayonnaise. Spicy mayonnaise. Yes. So it's uh, I pick up Brussels just for the French fries. So you go to Brussels just for the French fries. Just for the French fries. <laughs> Who would fly all the way just for 17 hours credit trip? So it has to be more attractive. So you got the French fries. Yes. I told a few Dory stories, which uh, she's an infamous flight attendant in my last base, and she's the type of person that's the life of the party, crazy things are always happening to her, and uh, I've said to her, you know, you should write a book, all these crazy stories. She's like, oh, those stories, they're not true. And I'm like, what about the dragon, the suitcase behind your car story? Oh, that's true. I'm like, what about using the thong underwear as a scrunchie to hold your hair back at work? Oh, yeah, well, that's true. I'm like, what about the kayak story? She's like, oh, yeah, well, that's true. (laughs) Everyone I bring up, that's true. But I haven't told you the kayak story. This one she told me herself, straight from the horse's mouth. And she said she was kayaking in San Diego, where she lives, and she's based in Los Angeles. And in Los Angeles, we um, fly out of some other airports like Orange County, Ontario, and at those places, we don't have employee parking, so we park at a hotel they have a contract with, and we take the hotel shuttle over to the airport. And if you are someone who gets in trouble a lot, like Dory, (laughs) it's not a bad MO to fly out of a base, a smaller place where there aren't supervisors if you are someone who gets in trouble a lot because uh, she's on final final warning which means if any she does anything else wrong she gets fired so she is always on her p's and q's she can't be late she can't call in sick so she's always you know she loves her job the passengers love her so she wants to keep it so she's always watching her p's and q's so this day she's kayaking but it's plenty of time before she has to be at work she has to be at work at like noon And she's kayaking, she's very active, and uh, the problem is the tide changes, 
And now she can't paddle into shore. She's fighting the current. She can't get in there. She's sweating. She's thinking, oh, no, I can't be late because I'm a final, final warning. Manson will get off before I will. A final, final warning. I got to be on time. And so she doesn't know what to do. So she decides to go with the current, which is way down the shore till she can, so she can finally paddle in but when she paddles in now she's nowhere near her car her pickup truck so she has to drag the kayak she's in her bathing suit now she's covered in sand she's now bleeding because she she's trying to go as fast as she can she can't be late and you know she's struggling with this heavy kayak she's sweating and she gets to her pickup truck and she's thinking i i can't go home and shower i don't even have time to change she gets in her car in her bathing suit sweating covered in sand with a kayak and drives to the airport in Ontario she gets to the hotel where we park and now she has another dilemma she doesn't want to leave her kayak in her pickup truck because she's afraid someone will steal it she's going to be gone for three days kayaks are expensive so (laughs) she doesn't know what to do and then she spies the pilots, the pilots that are going to be on her flight. And she flags them down and she's like, hey guys, guys, I'm going to be on your, I'm working your flight and I, I need, I, I need someone to help me get this kayak to the airport. And they're looking at the girl in the bathing suit thinking, what? <laughs> this is not normal. She's like, hey, listen, you know, I can't be late. I'm on final, final warning. Can you guys help me carry the kayak to the airport? You know, we can maybe not take the hotel shuttle we can walk over the train tracks you know we can get to the (laughs) airport and they're looking at her and you know pilots are good guys you know they don't want to leave a damsel in distress so what do they do there here they are in their pilot outfits their hats (laughs) they put that kayak over their heads the two of them (laughs) and carry it for her over the train tracks to the ontario airport (laughs) This is not a normal sight. She's still in her bathing suit. (laughs) She finally gets to the airport. She changes into her uniform and she asks the people at the Ontario airport in operations where we go downstairs where the passengers never see. She's like, can I leave the kayak here for three days? You know, I don't want to get stolen. And they're looking at her like, what? You know, flight attendants usually don't bring a kayak with them to work. (laughs) But finally, they're like, okay. So they put the kayak where we sign in, where our signing computers are. And for three days, crews are coming to work going, what's this kayak doing here? And the people who work in Ontario were like, some girl named Dory brought it to work. And they're like, enough said. You don't have to say anything else. We get it. (laughs) You know, as soon as she's involved, there's a crazy story. (laughs) But the, the really funny thing to me about this story is that a lot of us have anxiety dreams, right? You have a dream where you're in school and all of a sudden you're in your underwear and you're thinking, what am I doing in my underwear at school? Or you show up to work and you're naked and it's like this terrible dream. But for Dory, (laughs) it's not a terrible dream. It's not even a banner day. It's like a Tuesday. want to thank all of you who have gone to amazon.com by clicking through my site. It has been the best thing I've done so far to try to quote unquote monetize the podcast. Um, People have bought 
downloaded DVDs, bought books, someone bought an expensive camera lens. And the wonderful thing about this program is that if you're going to buy something on Amazon anyway, if you go to my site, BettyInTheSky.com, click on the link for my book, you don't have to buy my book, but then whatever you were going to buy anyway, I get a small percentage of. And it's so wonderful that it's a way that if you like the show, you can support the show without me having to ask you to buy anything. (laughs) If you were going to go to Amazon and buy something anyway, if you do me the great favor of going to my site first and clicking through the link to Amazon for my book and then going ahead and buying whatever you're going to buy, I get a little something. And I'll tell you, it really uh, warms my heart. I find myself uh, going to look to see what people have bought every day. And it's kind of like a little... um, I do a little like, woohoo. <laughs> so thank you so much for clicking through my site to get to Amazon. Thank you. <laughs> On that recent trip to Lima, they were having a big election. And can you imagine this in the United States? You can't have alcohol. It's like 48 hours the night before, the day of the election. There's no alcohol sold anywhere in a bar, in a store, in the airport, in the airport, in the duty-free section. It was all covered up in plastic, like all wrapped up like you would wrap up a suitcase because God forbid you can't purchase any alcohol if you're going to have to vote the next day. (laughs) So interesting. And then the other really strange part is you get fined if you don't vote there. And it's a big fine. People there don't have a lot of money. It's like a sliding scale, but it's around like $80. And $80 is a lot of money there for not voting. Can you imagine that in the States? No alcohol anywhere in the country for 48 hours. And if you don't vote, we're going to fine your ass. I mean, it's it's so different. I thought you guys would like this. I don't know if you ever listened to a really good show on NPR called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. It's a news quiz where they have comedians and people call in and they make fun of the news of the week. And one of the bits they do is uh, a listener has to guess which is the real news story. So they have three stories. One of them is real and two are fake. And I thought you guys would enjoy this airline story. And uh, you should check it out. NPR, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And they also have a podcast. Now it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one triple wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is uh, Nick Doolittle from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Hey, Cambridge. I used to hang out in Cambridge. Where do, what do you do there? I am a hospice social worker. Oh, my gosh. Another yeah. noble person. So you, you help people with terminal illnesses. I do indeed. We got it. Peter, we just got to vet yeah, these calls. I know. I'm going to have a... <laughs> Nick, I'm going to have a talk uh, with my screener. Yeah, this no, is not good. No, no offense, Nick, but we like to have people that we can sort of mildly mock. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, it's yeah, a tough one. Know? All right, well, Nick, welcome to the show. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Carl, what is Nick's topic? That'll learn you. This week we heard a story about the little guy finally scoring some points. Yep, David whipped Goliath. But this week our panelists are going to read you three stories of people fighting back and winning. Choose that true story. You'll win Carl's voice in your home answering machine. Ready to go? I'm ready. Louisiana restaurateur Bo LeClaire is a frequent flyer with all the security hassles that that entails. Plus, he has a six-inch pin in his thigh from an old motorcycle accident that sets off all the whistles and sirens. Bo also happens to own a bar right outside the TSA National Training Center in Shreveport. 
After a full body search experience that made him late for his plane in New Orleans, Bo advertised free beer at his bar for all TSA personnel. Then, Bo bought a used grocery store checkout counter conveyor belt and a bunch of dirty plastic trays and borrowed a metal detector. TSA employees were lined up for hours, emptying their pockets, taking off their shoes, going back and forth through a metal detector set to buzz no matter what. A biker gang was hired to do pat-downs. When the... uh, When the TSA finally made it to the bar, the beer was served only in containers of three ounces. (laughs) And, and, said Bo, I charged them for the peanuts. Vengeance taken upon the TSA as they try to get a beer. Your last story. Unfortunately, that was not the real story, but don't you wish it was? It would be so much fun to mess with the TSA. So, you know, talking about all the different security procedures in all these different countries, get this strange one. In Dublin, and only Dublin as far as I know, they check your umbrellas. (laughs) It almost seems so random. It's like, you're joking, right? Yeah, on Tuesdays we check umbrellas. No, but it's so weird, like in Lima, how you have, you know, there's this weird electronic ban for the flight attendants. And then in Dublin, they have to, they open everyone's umbrella. (laughs) I'm not joking. I guess somebody tried to hide something in an umbrella. So they're, they're skeptical of umbrellas in Dublin. And... A little update on my crab problem. In my last episode, I was saying how I now live at, I live in the marina, I'm real close to the water, and I had a crab in my apartment, an actual like three inch crab. And it was actually kind of funny. I took a photo, I chased him around, I put him outside, ha ha ha, I live at the beach now, great. Well, I went on a trip and came back, and the next day I had not one, not two, but three freaking crabs in my condo. I mean, now this is not funny anymore. You know, this is a problem. I've never even heard of this before. Is there some sort of business called crab busters? I was actually telling a friend of mine on the phone who lives in another state. I'm telling her, I'm like, I need crab busters. And then a little while later, she's like, you have, there's a business there called crab busters. I'm like, no, 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 no. I wish there was. I need one, but I don't believe there's such a thing as crab busters. And it's weird too that the the little suckers are fast. You know, it could be like a new workout, crab chasing. Anyway, I went around my condo. First, I went to Ace Hardware and I was like, surely they'll know. Surely it must be a problem in this area. And they're like, no, we've never had crabs in our place before. And I'm thinking, oh, shoot. <laughs> I thought they, they were going to tell me that, you know, put sugar in the corner or something you know, some homemade concoction like they do for mice or roaches. But they're like, no, we've never had crabs. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, (laughs) this seems worse. And they're like, you probably just need to go around with some caulk and see if you can find any holes or cracks. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is all sounding like a really bad, dirty joke. I've got crabs and now I need caulk to look for cracks. (laughs) But you know what is weird? I did go around with my caulk looking for cracks and I did find little holes and things and I haven't had any crabs for like about a week now. So I'm hoping I don't need, really don't need crab busters. 
was just a passenger on a flight, and the guy making the PA was doing the normal spiel. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to close the boarding door. We do need to turn off all portable electronic devices. All cellular phones need to be turned to the off position. George Foreman grills may not be used at any time. We should be leaving in just a few minutes. <laughs> I thought it was cute. Hadn't heard the George Foreman grill spiel before. So another Dory story, and she told me this one herself also, so I know it's true. She said she was in Mexico on a layover, and her and one of the pilots she likes to go out had gone to this uh, really crazy fun bar, but it was someplace that they took a taxi to from the hotel. They didn't walk. And uh, they were out pretty late, and they're taking a taxi back to the hotel, and they get pulled over by the cops and um, the taxi gets pulled over by the cops and Dory is suspicious. She's, she's thinking, I don't know, this seems weird. She starts thinking that they aren't really cops. She doesn't see any weapons. She feels their, their, their uniforms seem odd. Um, and she you know, they're now standing outside the taxi, nervous, afraid they're going to get like taken, you know, to jail <laughs> in Mexico on a layover. And she's with just the one pilot, the captain. And um, she says under her breath, without her lips moving to the pilot, she's like, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to run. And he's like, what? <laughs> she's like, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to run. And he's like, what? <laughs> she goes, one, two, three. And she starts running. And here's the pilot, you know, thinking, ah. so he runs too. So now they're running and the cops are chasing them. This is on a layover in Mexico. <laughs> the cops are chasing him. And she's running down these streets. It's, it's dark. It's late at night. She points to this dumpster and the two of them hide in the dumpster. The cops end up running past them. They don't see them. They're in a dumpster on a layover. But the, the crazy part about this story is that she talked to the hotel. They ended up walking back the rest of the way to the hotel. And she asked them at the hotel as she was t explaining what happened. And they said, oh, you know, there are these, um, these, I want to say bad guys, bandits. <laughs> Anyway, they ha were having this problem that there were people dressing up as cops and they were basically just mugging the people. So she was right. They weren't cops. Um, they would have just, who knows what would have happened to them. So it was a good thing that she was like, I'm going to go to the I'm going to run. <laughs> Can you imagine the pilot when she's doing that? I'm going to go to three and I'm going to run. And he's like, what? <laughs> what have I gotten myself into on this layover? Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. I hope you like the stories about the crabs and the umbrellas and the kebabs and the butt lifts and the kayaks and the dumpsters. <laughs> and hopefully, maybe you liked some of the sounds of London. We had like the Tube and Big Ben, a street performer in the subway, and a live band in St. James Park. So I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. Bye.